Well, good morning. Hope is here. Fear not. The football season has returned. And doesn't it feel amazing? Four matches on telly every day, football morning and night, and a few weeks' time, Liverpool will be crowned champions. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling good this morning. My name is Gavin, I'm one of the leaders here at Jubilee, and this morning we're going to be continuing our brand new series, Heroes, Faith Over Fear. Going through some of the Bible's real heroes, as mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And this is such an important series for us because as we learn from real examples in the Bible, we learn how to, as the title suggests, overcome fear with radical faith. And this morning I'm going to be looking at a really famous character from the Bible. Certainly one of the real heroes of the Old Testament, a guy called Noah. And what I will say about this is, this is probably one of the most well-known stories in the whole Bible. Like Sunday schools across the world will know this story. Children have the playsets. Here's my kids' Noah playset here of the ark. There was even once a Hollywood movie made about this story. I don't know if you saw it a few years back. It was diabolical. It was so bad. I think it was Jared Butler playing Noah. Honestly, worst film ever. Don't watch it. Stick to the book. <laughs> but this is a really famous story. And what I want to do this morning is take this story out of Sunday school, take away the playsets, take away everything we already know about Noah and his ark, and look at this story again through the eyes of faith. Because the writer of Hebrews clearly describes Noah as a hero of faith, but why is that? Let's have a look at our passage. We're reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and we're just going to be looking at two verses today, verses 6 and 7. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Wonderful. Look, if you want to learn more about Noah and his story, you can find it in, uh, in Genesis. The story begins in chapter six, and we're going to be looking at different parts of it this morning. So what can I tell you about Noah? What can we say about him? What, what makes him a hero? Well, let me just set the scene for you. Okay, so if you think about the start of this story, if you look in Genesis chapter 6, right at the start, you see this little um, subheading in my Bible which says, Wickedness in the world. Alright, Noah enters the earth at a time where, and this is a direct quote from the Bible, check this out. It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. I mean, ouch, this is pretty serious stuff, right? Evil was everywhere. Every inclination of the human heart was evil. 
God regretted making humans. I mean, how bad must people have been? So this is a context for Noah entering the story. And let's look a little bit about what makes him a hero of faith. Well, first of all, the first thing that makes him a hero of faith is that he had an intimacy with God. Verse 9 of Genesis 6 says that Noah walked faithfully with God. Throughout the ups and downs of his life, despite what was going on in the world around him, he walked faithfully with God. He loved God. And we see this intimacy in the fact that God spoke to him clearly about his plans for the flood and how he wanted Noah to build this ark. And this intimacy was the starting point for Noah's faithfulness. Noah trusted God because he had a personal relationship with him. He was a hero of faith and that faith started with intimacy. And we see that across the whole Bible. Those who walk closest with God, those who love him intimately, often live lives of extraordinary faith. Think about Abraham, David, Samuel, and of course Noah. Intimacy is the starting point of a faith-filled life. And it's the same for us. When we're sure of our personal relationship with God, it makes it so much easier to trust him and follow him and hear from him. So when I look at my own life and I see so many examples of times when God's asked me to do things or put me in situations which made absolutely no sense, but with a personal relationship with God and intimacy with him, I was able to get through. Knowing that I wasn't in situations on my own and that I could walk boldly and patiently with him is what got me through. Knowing I could approach God directly without going through rituals or religious actions. So when we're assured of our intimate relationship with God, that can sustain us when we come to the end of our own understanding. Let me tell you a quick story here. This is still quite raw. It only happened recently. Uh, a few weeks ago, our little boy Ezra, he's only 10 months old, uh, he was stung by a wasp in our back garden and he had an allergic reaction. Uh, his little face started swelling up and he was in a really bad way. We ended up having to call for an ambulance. Like it was pretty scary stuff, pretty serious. And I remember the ambulance coming. It arrived within a few minutes and I remember seeing my little baby taken out into the ambulance along with my wife. And in that moment, I had literally no idea what was going to happen. None at all. Like, it looked really bad. He looked in a, in a bad way. And it was scary. But do you know what I did? In that moment, without thinking, my natural reaction, as I looked outside and saw him being taken in an ambulance, in my fear and in my frustration, I just prayed, Father, I need you. I remember praying just like that. I came to an intimate God and I said, Father, I need you. I don't understand. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel helpless. And I just prayed. And that is what intimacy looks like. In the scariest and worst of moments, we come to God in intimacy and that helps us through. Now, thankfully, Ezra was fine. He was pleased to know a shot of adrenaline in a few hours in hospital and he was right as rain as if nothing had ever happened. <laughs> Praise God. 
And that's the first thing we see about Noah. He had his intimacy with God. The second thing is this. Noah was obedient to God. I don't know how much you know about the story of Noah and the geography of it, but Noah lived in a desert. All right, this was a dry, dusty place, and it probably saw very little, if any, rain. Just keep that picture in your mind for a second. Okay, then imagine that conversation with God. Like God goes through and tells him in great detail how to build this boat, exactly what it would look like. He tells him all about the animals and all that sort of stuff. And then right at the end, he says, oh, by the way, Noah, I'm going to make it rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Like, this was unbelievable stuff. Like, I'm sure Noah may have questioned whether he'd really heard God right. Like, did he really say I need to build a boat? Like, we have literally zero water around here. Like, a boat? Really? You want me to build a boat? You're going to make it? I mean, the, the task seemed impossible. It seemed like something which didn't make sense. God had promised Noah something which made no sense. Does this sound familiar? I don't know about you, but I'm sure a lot of us have been there. God tells you to do something, or tells you something's going to happen in your life, and there is zero chance of that happening. I'm going to see breakthrough in, in this area. We're going to have a, a baby. We're going to move to a new nation. We're going to, I'm going to get a new job. God's going to answer this, this prayer, this situation. And in our human weakness, we can be so tempted to place that promise to one side. Yeah, God, that sounds amazing. It's a lovely thought, but I can't see it happening. So I'm just going to put it over here and not think about it. I've done it a million times, but, but Julie, listen, if God has called you to something, if God has promised something to you, if he's called you to do it, then do it. Work hard for it. Don't place it to one side. What do I mean? Well, look at Noah. Okay, what greater obedience can you find? He just got on and did what God asked of him, even though it made no sense. Look, I've been reading this book recently. All right, I recommend it to you. It's called Seven Women and the Secret of Their Greatness by a guy called Eric Metaxas. All right, and it's basically just seven biographies of different Christian women and um, godly ladies and how they achieved great things by being obedient to God. Incredible, really. And one of the ladies in this book is a lady called Rosa Parks. And I don't know if you know Rosa Parks, but she's known as the mother of the civil rights movement in America. And she really famously, as a black lady, refused to give up her seat on a bus for a white man during segregation times. And then she spent the whole of her life campaigning for racial equality. I mean, just an incredible lady. I've just been so inspired reading her story, especially given what we're seeing in the world at the minute and a fresh desire to put an end to the horrible evil that is racism. But check out this quote from Rosa Parks. Uh, she was talking about God calling her and the calling that he'd put on her life. And she said that it's not enough to pray and say that one trusted God. Sometimes trusting God means taking action too. And I can imagine Noah having that same attitude. Like, it's not enough to just sit here and say, okay, God, I trust you. you know, I need to get my chisel and my hammer and I need to start building a boat. Like, my faith needs action. I'm going to be obedient and do exactly what God's told me to do, but that's going to require me to actually do something. 
Let's have that same faith. Whatever God calls you to do, no matter how bizarre it seems, be obedient, be faithful, get your hands dirty. Faith leads to action. God wants me to reach out to my, to my neighbours. He wants me to pray for them. He wants me to get involved in this ministry. He wants me to, uh, to spend time with these people. Look, Noah was a real hero of faith because of his obedience to God. So there we have intimacy, we have obedience. The last thing I want to say about Noah is probably my favourite. Noah was full of fear. Yep, Noah was full of fear. Now you might be sat there thinking, I've gone a little bit mad here. In a series all about having faith over, here, uh, over fear, here I am applauding Noah for his fear. Yeah, let me elaborate. Noah had fear of God. Noah's ability to faithfully follow God's command came from a true understanding of who God was. It came from a true understanding that this was the creator of the heavens and the earth. This was the one responsible for the destruction of the sinful people in the world. And this is so true. Being in awe of God, having the correct reverence and fear of God is vital if we're going to be a faith-filled people. To recognise exactly who God is and praise him for that is so important. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that is so true. Noah's awe of God, his correct understanding of God, led him to obedience and actions which were just so countercultural and stood out like a sore thumb. Imagine being the one guy in the desert building a boat. People probably thought he was mad. He was going against the tide. And that is because Noah was in awe of God way more than he was in awe of people. And this is important for us today. Following God is going to be countercultural. It's going to mean doing things differently sometimes. It's going to affect how you spend your money. It's going to mean spending your time differently, speaking differently, having a few less drinks on a night out, caring for people that you shouldn't really be seen with. As Christians, we're called to live differently, but we do all of that because we have the correct fear, the correct awe, the correct reverence, the correct understanding of who God is. Look, the whole aspect of this series is about having faith over the wrong sort of fear. Let me just illustrate this in a really famous story we see in Matthew 14 of Jesus walking on the water. You probably know this story, but Jesus' disciples go out in a boat on the Sea of Galilee and they get caught in a storm. The boat's getting battered by the wind and the waves and it's a pretty desperate situation. The disciples see this figure walking across the water towards them. And initially they're filled with fear, it must be a ghost. But then Jesus shouts out to them, don't be afraid. And they realise it's Jesus walking on the water and they're filled with awe. And Peter asks if he can walk across the water to meet Jesus. And as he starts walking on the water towards Jesus, his awe at seeing Jesus on the water is replaced by fear. And he begins to sink. You see, in this story, we have two different types of fear. The correct fear which led to action, which led to Peter walking on the water. The reverence and the fear and the awe. That correct fear leads us towards Jesus. And the wrong fear, which involves trying to do things in our own strength. 
taking our eyes off God, looking at the situation. Well, that sort of fear takes us away from him and led Peter to sink in the water. But my question to end with this morning is, do you have that fear of God? Do you have that correct fear, that awe? Maybe you've lost some of that recently throughout the lockdown period being on your own, not coming to a physical church meeting. Maybe you've lost sight of just how amazing and awe-inspiring God is. Maybe you've never had that. Maybe you aren't sure about this whole God stuff. Let me challenge you. Like Noah, having the correct type of fear will help you walk faithfully with God. Look to him. Ask him to reveal himself to you. I'm being honest here. Jesus will offer you more than anything else this world could ever give you. He is worth giving your life to. He is worth following. Come back to him. Look to him and find yourself in awe. Get back on track and walk faithfully with God. So there we have Noah, the great example of faith. But his faith came from simple actions of intimacy, obedience and fear. And you can have that same faith. You can pray and ask God for amazing things. And the way to do it is to take that example of Noah into your, into your life. Look, this week, why don't you increase your intimacy with God? Spend time worshipping, reading the Bible, reading encouraging stories. Take some time out to yourself. Why not this week also ask God what his plans are for your life? See if you're being obedient. You don't know what God's calling you to and you can't be faithful. Ask him. Ask him what he's calling you to. And finally this week, be in awe of God. Look at God for who he really is. Look at the greatness of God. Look at the majesty and the beauty of God. Be in awe of him. And watch your faith increase. Father, I thank you so much for what we've learned today about the radical faith shown by Noah. Lord, I thank you so much that that faith comes from a place of intimacy with you. I want to pray for each and every one of us. Would we learn to be intimate with you, Father? Would we learn to look to you and have a close personal relationship? And Lord, I want to pray that would we would be an, an obedient people. I pray for obedience, God. Would we be so radically in love with you, Lord, that we'll do whatever you ask us to do, that we'll be the people that you call us to be, Lord? And yeah, I want to pray this week, Lord, would you help us to look at you with fresh sense of awe and wonder, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week.